The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bengals versus Bears. We're going to preview this game coming up next on the Orange is the New Black podcast. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, I never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zem. Zem, say what's up. Hello, world. How's everybody doing today? We're feeling good. We're feeling great. It is a beautiful day to talk football. Facts. It definitely is, especially week two. Bengals coming off of a major win against the Minnesota Vikings last week. Headed to Chicago, I'm feeling good potentially about their chances in this game. How do you feel about the Bengals just going into this game, week two in Chicago, taking on Mr. Andy Dalton, our old friend, our old friend Andy? How are you feeling about that, Zoom? Man, I feel pretty good because I don't know, man. I was just telling you off air, I'm just not afraid of them. Like, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe I'm too confident. I don't know. But, you know, I just feel like, when you score points or you're a threat to score points, it just puts a lot of teams in what they don't want to do. Most of these teams, like the Bears, probably want to slow the game down, be methodical in what they do. Andy Dalton make the, the the correct plays when it's you know time to make the plays is what they're banking on and leaning on on Montgomery. I just think after shutting down a more elusive runner in Dalvin Cook, uh, more of a receiving threat in Dalvin Cook. That bodes really well. Everybody came out of the game pretty healthy. Uh, we're really good. It, 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 as I went back and watched the game, but hands down above everything, the, the most dominant part of that game was our defensive front. So it doesn't put me in fear. And then we know what Andy Dalton is. Nobody knows more than us, right? So nine years <laughs> later, you know, I just think when it, if it got to a critical situation, we know what time it is. I think it – it does help them that it is at one o'clock and it does help them that it is at home. So I would give them that when, and as we know, Andy can get accurate if you have a big target, like an Allen Robinson or something like that. So 
I feel really good about Awuzier and like being able to to guard him. We're going to talk about against the other corner on the other side because Darnell Mooney, uh, he 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 presents a, a big problem. I think um, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he he's he's no scrub. He's super talented, and that's somebody that I think they're going to have to help all day on that side. I think, and that's where I think it could kind of get a little shaky. No, nah, that's facts. Like by no means is this you know, just one that you're probably checking off the list as a W is one that you feel confident about. But I think, like you said, it's, it's a new environment for this team to be going into with this being their first road game on the season. We saw what happened when Minnesota came to PBS last week. Crowds being back in full effect, that's a different factor, right? So how are they going to come out with the silent ca- the silent counts and how are they going to deal with that crowd? And can they persevere against that crowd? That will be some new challenges they've were extremely disciplined week one when they came out. Not too many penalties. We hope that that will continue. Uh, but like you said, the Chicago Bears teams, they do have some talent in certain areas, and there are some aspects of this team that they'll try to look at. For me, I would probably say I think the key against the Chicago Bears themselves, I think that they need to obviously – Um, get up on this team and try to put Andy Dalton in a position that we've seen him in where you try to put some scores up and make Andy Dalton try to beat you and chase you. You have to do what you did last week with Dalvin Cook, with limiting David Montgomery, the Cincinnati native. Obviously, you got to try to stop him with him being the second leading rusher in the NFL. Bengals defensive line, as Zim said, looked extremely well in the trenches on stopping Dalvin Cook. They're going to have another test this week with David Montgomery. And as Zim said as well, limiting those wide receivers. Obviously, Allen Robinson, you would hope to see Cheeto kind of shadow him. Uh, but obviously, there's going to be other guys like Moody that can potentially take advantage of Eli Apple with Trey Waynes once again being out of this game. We'll have to see how they play that. Obviously, we all know about what people are calling the rotten apple drive. Uh, but let's see if he can bounce back, right? Because even if he does give up some plays here or there, I think if the Bengals can stretch this lead on this team and get on them aggressively, I think that they have a pretty good chance of winning it. You talk about also the trenches. We've been talking about the trenches since last season. I think that the trenches actually favor the Bengals with the Bears dealing with some injuries on that offensive line. We've talked about Tevin Jenkins. We talked about Jason Peters right now is limited. It's not sure if he's going to go. The Bears have had issues all over this offensive line, and now the Bengals' defensive line gets to feast on two offensive lines that aren't really good. You talk about the Vikings. That was their weak point. You talk about the Bears. That's essentially their weak point. If they can create pressure and get – some pressure onto Dalton and into that backfield to stop the run. I think that that's a key to this game. And then you talk about the secondary for the, for the bears, not really um, strong at all. Honestly, like they've got some names. You talk about the safeties, Tayshawn Gibson. They just haven't really put it together so far, but I think at the corner position, obviously we got the Migos. We can take advantage of that. Go ahead, Zim. No, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> like, I, I I just don't see – yeah, like, you know, I, I rewatched, you know, some some of their game. I, I need to kind of brush up on a lot a lot more. The the kid, Caleb, I don't know if you guys saw that undrafted guy, played at a really small school. It's a great story. I was reading up some of that stuff on him too. But ultimately, like, ultimately I know what they want to do, and they know what we want to do. One thing that – I. I don't fear this in this game, but I've alluded to it. It's like you don't want to go down what this 
um, with this with this with this potential uh, snap like the drop back, you know that we're that we have for Dalton. I mean for I said Dalton for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow right now is on a pitch count of twenty five. You know you know snaps right that he's they're willing to snaps, that, snaps, right. yeah that that they're willing to drop back and let him do his thing right. I don't think that comes into a factor in this Bears game. I just think that comes against like high octane teams or teams with a dynamic pass rush. You talk to me about Khalil Mack probably only having two sacks in his last nine games. As much as Khalil Mack is a big deal, I think the offensive line is now feeling a little bit more cohesive. I think the game plan, them going under center, they're doing a lot of different things to aid in the blocking of Joe Burrow and the miscues that you saw from week one, I think they clean those things up. So if it's mono a mono, my hope is that they wouldn't put Khalil Mack in situations one-on-one, you know, with anybody. So like, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have guys chip. I watched Chase Young last night, had a really, really, you know, a a really, really active game. But that's the thing that I, I, when Joe Burrow, the people weren't aware about the Joe Burrow Chase Young, you know, that was a conversation at one time. And Chase Young is elite, but there are ways to stop a defensive end. There are ways to stop a dominant defensive tackle. You get rid of the ball quick. You scheme away from them. You don't run any plays their direction. You chip on them. You do different things. So even the very best, like, you know, his hands on – He's the favorite to win defensive player of the year, Chase Young, right? No sacks last night. Now, can the Bengals emulate something like that? I, I took a lot of notes from what I saw, and I'm hoping that the Bengals coaching staff was watching that too because guys like that, and even Miles Garrett got a sack in that last game that we played against him. There are a lot of things you could do to offset that. There's nothing anybody can do to offset elite quarterback, and that that is the biggest thing that I have in my back pocket that just changes everything. In every game that you go into, you always have a chance. And even if you get into a hairy situation, you put some hairy nuts on it and you just drop dimes down the field on fourth down and you're just audible out of it and go win some football games, right? No, nah, that's facts. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I think, like you said, the difference, you can game plan against a defensive end, as them said. You can try to neutralize players and stuff like that. But when it comes to the quarterback position, that is what we always look at as the X factor in these games. And I'm going to be looking at it as well. And you have to wonder if the Bengals, let's just say the Bengals get into the game, they go up by one or two scores. And let's just say Andy Dalton throws two interceptions. You would have to think from a Bears perspective that there's a chance that Justin Fields could be a part of this a part of this game. He could potentially end up, you know, earning that starting spot right after this game, if not in this game. So I think that that's another X factor that the Bengals have to account for that makes the Bears somewhat unique because I believe he got Fields, I think got 10 snaps or so last week. So he is a guy that they will bring in in the red zone and they try to do some things similar to Lamar Jackson. So obviously this Bengals defense hasn't fared well. Now, it's not this defense, but just past defenses have not fared well with guarding Justin Fields types, Lamar Jackson types. Right. So that's the one thing that sits in the back of my head that I think Andy Dalton comes out, are we going to have a good enough lead for them to be able to sustain whether or not what Fields is going to do? Because you don't have film on Fields outside of the preseason. You don't know what he's really going to do. 
And there's always that that accountability where this whole week we've been practicing for Andy Dalton. And then if they try to surprise things and throw fields in there, we'll have to see. But, you know, I don't know. This is a bold take, but say they get into the red zone. Right. He's coming out there. Right. Like, I don't care what, what, like, so the, if I'm smart enough at home to know that the Bengals coaching staff better know that. Right. They better, they better line up <laughs> Darius Phillips at quarterback or something. Like, I don't know who, who they, who, who does that, that drill for them. But right. if I'm watching at home, I know for a fact, I promise y'all this, y'all listening to this right now, they get into the red zone, Fields is coming out there. Nah, that's real. That's real. I have to agree with you on that. They definitely have to be prepping. And that was one of the takeaways, too, from the last game is I think a lot of people what flew under the radar because everybody was concentrating on the fourth down call that they didn't get in their own territory was that the fact that they outcoached Mike Zimmer in that staff. Can they continue to do that? Matt Nagy, in my opinion, not the greatest coach, obviously has had some success in the past. But can this Bengals staff continue to put together game plans where they're now out coaching the other team as well? I think that that's also a key. Another injury to report just from the bear side, Eddie Goldman did not practice yesterday as well. There's another guy, Larry Borum. So, again, the Bengals outside of some slight injuries, obviously, um, the safety that we had, the reserve safety, Ricardo Allen, uh, is going to be on IR at least three weeks, I believe. We, we picked up Sean Davis for the practice squad. Yep, yep exactly. So we've transitioned some players up. Obviously, we got uh, backup reserve, Carmen Jackson. I think he's had some issues in terms of some cramps yesterday. But obviously, with him being a reserve guard, that's, that's probably not something that's going to be too major. So the Bengals are fairly healthy, and this was one of the keys that we had to have happen this season was try to stay as healthy as possible, especially when you see things that are going on and you look at the past. That's one thing that also plays into the Bengals' hands. Uh, but outside of that zone, is there is there anything else that you want to get into about this Chicago Bears-Bengals matchup? You you brought up the injuries. I just want to go over the Bears injury report. It's, it's now Marcus Godwin – I mean, I'm sorry, Marcus Goodwin, um, Speedy. Uh, wide receiver. He he was a full participant. Jimmy Graham was uh, he had a vet day off the day before, so he's a full participant. The guy um, I cannot pronounce his last name, but the linebacker Joel had a shoulder injury, and then Darnell Mooney there were full full, uh, full participants. Limited was Jason Peters and Robert Quinn uh, did not practice at all. Like you just said, was Eric Eric. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Eddie Goldman. The only people that showed up limited on ours was Darius Phillips. Jackson Carmen and Marcus Bailey. But Joe Burrow, Brandon Wilson were full participant. Like you said, Ricardo Allen goes to IR. We picked Sean Davis, the old Pittsburgh safety, who's made his way around a couple teams now on the practice squad. I don't think we miss a beat, though, with Tavon Henderson. So so last year was a lot different in that regard. Um, I just thought that you would get these rash of injuries or you had major guys like Reader out. And then you're just calling up Covingtons of the world to play like legit snaps. But at home, you know, we're looking at it like, man, the Bengals are getting dominated. But I'm like, look at the guys that are out there. But as we're going through the season, we talked about this the other day, too. It's like I'm not the guy that's just going to point to injuries. But now that we're healthier, I can <laughs> I can look back and say, bro, like we went into that second. That, remember that second Browns game? And I didn't really even know Jalen Davis like that just from just seeing his name on a sheet of paper. Never really watched them like that. So there's a lot of different things that uh, that that are different in that regard. 
I feel like this is the splinter game. I've been labeling that. Uh, if you guys haven't seen me, I've been going pretty wild on uh, Dalton this past week. And some people that aren't ready for like, you know, like how I speak about Dalton, you know, like it, it's it's a it's that was the first civil war between everybody. But, you know, I feel like we're so far removed from it. It's like some of the people that are still here, they're still like heavy uh, in favor of uh, Dalton's a great guy. No, no, no. I stand strong on like what I'm at. You know, like this guy gave up. <laughs> you threw the ball away on fourth down. I, I, I posed this question to my friend the other day. I'll pose this question to you too, Ace. You, me, and you go down the alley tomorrow. Some dudes come and beat, uh, coming to beat us up, and and I run out the damn alley. <laughs> Would you ever walk down the alley with me ever again? No, no. And he's done that multiple times. Nope. So, so the guy quits on fourth down, throws the ball away. Cardinal sin. You can't do that. So. You do that, and then the team implodes. Uh, AJ Green gets into a fight with Jalen uh, Ramsey. Burfick loses his mind. All these things happen outside of it. And as the season's going on, I'm telling people, I'm like, the players don't really care that much. But after you see your quarterback give up, but but the Dalton, like the complacency for being in the playoffs was just too strong. Now that we're so far removed for it, I was just kind of reminded because Bengals Twitter is totally different than Bengals Instagram. When I said fourth and three on Instagram, people were, I mean, on Twitter, people was like, what? When did that happen? If they've been following my page, like, that is, that is everything to me. I even, I didn't feel like the world was ready for it, but I even, even my wife, we say that sometimes, like, we tell our son that. We be like, don't fourth and three your life. You know, like, I, li- I really live this. So people that's talking to me, talking about, like, uh, oh, yeah, like, uh, Dalton, like, why are you so hard on him? Like, I can love him as a person, but I can't believe in you as a player after you gave up on us. Right. So, so I there's like that's just who I am. Though I'm just I'm super loyal to the players and I'm super loyal to the people that I love. So you do something like that, I just can't forget it. So you can tell me about all that stuff. Like everybody, well, what about 2015? He was playing great at an MVP level. I say, hmm, was the team really great or was he really great? Right. And so when you go back on some of those games, you got to go really. T- you got to check this stuff out. And I'm sorry, Dalton and your Dalton lovers. I, I can't remove the curse until he ever comes out and he comes to a podium and apologizes for throwing away on 4 for 3 You could have thrown a pick, and I never would even remembered that game. Right. But, but when you give up, and then the moment that um, they go into – remember when it, when he finally was about to get traded? So, right. then, so he goes straight to the locker room. Mind you, nine years, handed a job. Goes straight to the locker room. It says, oh, I wish they could have traded me before the deadline. I wish, like, the moment that they said that he was benched, when we first benched him for, uh, who was they benching for uh, Josh Allen or something? Who, who Might have been Driscoll. I don't know who. He, got, he got benched for somebody right before the week eight, week nine trade deadline. Yeah. And, and this is then later on, of course, they bring him back so he could try to ruin our lives in the Dolphins game. You know, they, they benched him for Vanilla Vic, the hero, right? Uh, the hero of the Steelers game. They they benched him for that. And the moment that he does it, the moment he sees a little bit of adversity for Ryan Finley, yeah, yeah. So the moment he sees that little bit of adversity, he goes straight to the press conference and says, "Oh yeah, I wish they could have traded me." He could have came to the locker room and said, "You know what? I stand with the team. I'm gonna do everything I can in my power to come back out there and 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 compete for a starting job." Nah, get me out of here. The minute that you did it, and he's got all the money. You know what I'm saying? Because he's already signed a big contract. He's got the big money, and you you know, whatever. Uh, then last year, what happens? He comes to the thing. They they start winning. You know they tried to run up the score on him. 
So I have no I have, they tried to run up the score. Go back and look at that game. Dalton was a big part of that. He tried to ruin the Burrow Bowl and go and win that game too. When he should have just hung it up and let me get my goddamn Joe Burrow easy. He almost gave me a heart attack there. So <laughs> and then he comes to the press conference this week and he's like, Yeah, I'm I'm putting everything on hold in Cincinnati. Y'all keep on buying this dude stuff like like he the only person with a foundation. I can name you 25 players on the Bengals team that got a foundation. They're like, oh, well, what did he do? Like he said, yeah, in Cincinnati, we put everything on hold right now. If you're really about the foundation or you're really about Cincinnati, what is the hold for? <laughs> we can still support your foundation. We can, you can still help us out, help them out in Cincinnati since I'm not in Cincinnati. I just think y'all got to read between the lines on this dude for real. Like I'm not saying he's a bad person. I still got love for him, but I'm out to get his head. I'm going to knock his head oh, I'm out to get his head on Sunday. And, and I've been on record to say this. This is his last game as a starter, and he'll never do this to another fan base ever again. He is the only reason why you don't have a playoff game, a, a playoff win. That's the only reason. That's the difference between winning and losing, and it's that simple. So when you're arguing with your Browns fans, and they're like, well, Browns got a playoff win, number 14. Go look at those four games that he did in the playoff games. Go look at any game that he had in prime time. I owe him this ill, and I owe him the splinters that I'm going to put in his butt on Sunday. No, I'm with you. I think the one thing, no, none of us have ever criticized Andy Dalton, the person, like you said, has done a lot for the community of Cincinnati. We appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't make an excuse for anything that some of these guys do on the field. Like performance is definitely a factor. Right. So as much as you like people as a person, you have to separate the two sometimes and, and look at the greater good of the franchise. That said, with him coming into town, or us coming into his town, I think that it's going to be perfect for us because he had his revenge game last season, right, right. on the Cowboys. <laughs> this is a different game because this is Burrow versus Dalton, which I think definitely adds another dimension to this because Andy's going to be trying to show that, you know, he shouldn't have been replaced and Burrow's going to be trying to take his head off. And right. he's just in the way. Andy's just in the way, so he's right. going to have to get uh, toppled uh, over. I think for this game now, I'm scared of Fields, bro. I'm scared. Like, I, I mean, like, I, I, like, like, we could beat him, but aren't like, what is like Fields? It's the unknown. You just don't know what what to really expect from Fields. So I feel you on that. The other thing is, the weird part is obviously this Bears team, this Bears defense has gone against you know one of the greatest minds in football with the LA Rams Week One and Sean McVay. They have players like we we can talk about how they've had some deficiencies and they don't look like the Bears defense from before, but they still have guys like Rokon Smith. They still have, you know, Alec Ogletree, who's been up and down. Right. But he's supposedly playing solid. They have some guys there, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. So we can't take them for granted. You talk about Eddie Jackson. I believe the last time that he played, ironically, when Dalton was our quarterback, I believe that he had two picks in that game. So they do have players. We can't take them too lightly. Uh, but I think that the Bengals just need to handle business, worry about um, Hakeem, Hakeem Hicks, and expect them to play like we normally know that Bears defense will play because you don't want someone like Khalil Mack trying to wreck a game or anything like that. But I think that the Bengals come out here, get the W. I think that we move on to 2-0. And I think that that's just what it is. I think that this team is legit now. Everybody's talking about, oh, the Bengals are going to make a statement week two. I think the statement was made week one. It was already. <laughs> this is just a football game, bro. <laughs> like, like, what y'all talking about? Like, 
Right. Now, I saw that. So if you guys don't know this, go check out Aces on it on the show. He's got a show, AFC North Talk. Make sure y'all subscribe to that channel. But there's a good roundtable, and we need more Bengals in there for real. There's a really good uh, roundtable that talks about all the different teams around the division. And one of the statements that they made is saying that this is our Super Bowl. Like, nah, like, this is just a football game. Like, we're a football game that we're going to win. But the, everything that you just said leads me into we have to win special teams like we've been doing. And at the very least, just make sure that we're on the correct side of the field. And that alone, and not turning the ball over and shooting ourselves in the foot, to me, you know, like that, that's the thing about points. You know, like when you, if you, you don't play the Chiefs and say that. You say, you say, I got to get out on them early. Or you, or you don't, or you don't say that against like a real dominant pass rush like the Steelers or something. Like, like you have to just do what you have to do, do your job and play mistake free football like we did in week one. Now it is going to be on the road. Chicago's going to be super, super loud. You saw problems with the snap count and stuff like that. So those are the things that I'm going to be really watching for. If they could just play mistake-free football, we know that we can go Dalton. We can get Dalton to go three and out, three and out, three and out a lot. So just maintain what we could do right, what we do right. No stupid penalties and don't shoot yourselves in the foot. And I think that alone makes the game like super highly competitive. Once you couple that with Burrow's going to put, I'm going to say at least 24, 27 on the board minimum. I just don't think that they can match that. It's just not enough time in the football game. I think that's what that's why Zach goes for it on fourth down last week. It's just like if I can keep the ball right here, there's just not enough time in a football game for this particular team to come back. Now, other than you play the Chiefs or somebody like that that put points up on the board like that, then yeah, of course you don't go for it on that fourth down. But that's the mindset. It's like let's go out there, handle business, go up big on these bums. Go ahead, you know, get you know, get a pick or two off Dalton so I can laugh and I can go crazy. And then from there on, just handle your business, give Mixon a rock, and let him take it home. And I think, too, like you talked about the crowd, you can manipulate this crowd on Andy Dalton just by stepping up on defense and for- forcing that three and out. Because you know what's going to happen when the Bengals, if the Bengals force a three and out, they're going to start booing Dalton. They're going to start booing the staff because – it's no secret that the Chicago Bears fan base wants him out of there. They want Justin Fields in the game. And so the Bengals are in a unique situation where let's just say Andy has a three and out, right? All right, you might get some small boo birds. Let's say the Bengals score and go up 7-0, and then they try Andy Dalton back out there again, and then he has another three and out. They are going to – you can you are in a situation where you can turn the Chicago crowd against them, man. I think like Zim said – play mistake-free football, get out of there with a W, take care of your business. Nobody cares about any of the other stuff. We talked about whatever whatever mistakes happen in this game, those are going to happen. As long as we get out of there with a W, that's all I care about. After the last three years, I only care about Ws. And as long as we come out with a W, that's all I care about. People got to get off that high horse and think about, like, what what we just came from. Like, just focus on a win. We clean up stuff like the mistakes that we made uh, in week one. I think those are things that like them giving up the sacks, the way that they gave up those sacks, like with the pressure, like not communicating on the blitz, sample of being lined up one on one with uh, old boy uh, P. Ryan not picking up his man. And and, yeah, Daniel Hunter and um, Joe B. I thought held I thought he held it a little too long on two of those, but still too much pressure on him. 
I think that if they could just clean that up, put the big emphasis on Hicks and um, and Khalil Mack in, in pass protection alone, I just think our wide receivers win their one-on-one matchups easiest. Like I play fantasy football. Bears are currently ranked the last defense in the in, in, in fantasy as of right now. And now I know it's only one week, but their their secondary is not ready for one-on-one matchups with any of these guys. And I think even if you go max protect, there's still going to be room for Burrow to just go through two reads and get the ball out, whatever, mistake-free football. The only way the Bears can 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 even stay in this game with us is to, yeah, feast on our mistakes. Nah, that's facts. And so if you are going to be watching the game from home this weekend, definitely be sure to tune in to at Zim underscore Hude on IG Live for, for uh, the game. He'll be streaming it live. I'll be doing my stream as well on New Stripe City. But if you're at home and you need something to snack on, don't forget to hit up our friends at Midwest Best Barbecue. They got some tailgate combos that they're actually currently doing right now. Got some great specials, great wings, Grippo wings, all kind of stuff, brisket fries. And I mean, Sundays for me, anytime I'm watching the game, I got to have some good food and I got to have some football food. So definitely be sure to holler at them over at Midwest Best Barbecue in Loveland. I have some links in the description. At the end of these videos, you always see their information. They're located in Cincinnati, so definitely be sure to hit them up. Yeah, let me ask you before we close this thing out. I've got I'm, I'm going to give you three bold predictions. This is Andy Dawes' last start for the Chicago Bears. I think they just get tired of him. My second one is I think Tyler Boyd is going to have a big day. Like Out of all the receivers, I think Tyler Boyd has a big day. My third one is that Burrow, again, delivers a, a very similar performance to what we saw in week one. I don't know if that's quite bold. Do you have any bold – like, when, and when I say similar, 260, 250, two touchdowns. But like I said, Tyler Boyd goes crazy. Do you this have is my bold prediction? prediction. I'm going to try to cover myself on this a little bit. Khalil Mack will not have a sack against a Bengals offensive lineman. That's okay. the last one that I'm going with. Okay. I like that. That's so good. if it's a skill position or if it's a tight end, that doesn't right. that doesn't count. But he will not have a sack against a Bengals offensive lineman. That's that's what I'm going with. Okay. And shout out to our boy Quentin Spain. I know he's expecting a newborn baby. Um, people were asking why wasn't he at uh, practice today. Uh, he's welcoming the birth of an, uh, his newborn coming up. So congrats to him. And that's um, good. congrats. We're feeling good, man. We're feeling good. So as if we're feeling good, we got to end this with a yes, sir. Ski. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in 